like the terminology around women embracing their femininity and like sexuality, it has this like dark connotation with it versus being light and gentle and like beautiful, you know? Mm. And we are all of it. This is the thing. Yeah. Like in in society, there's this, it's a Freudian um, term, the Madonna mm. whore complex. Mm. And this plays out for men and women. And it's the idea that sexually as women, we're either the saint, you know, the light, right. feminine, or we're the slut, the whore. Yeah, you can't win. Yeah, but <laughs> we get to be all of it. Welcome to Weighing In on Happy, the only podcast that dives deep into discussions around weight, eating disorders, mental health, body image, intuitive eating, wellness, confidence, and so much more. Each week, you'll be coached through different stories and strategies on how to start living your best life today. So if you're ready, here's your host, Victoria Evans. Hey, you guys, welcome back to Weighing and Unhappy. My name is Victoria Evans, and I'm an intuitive eating coach, and I am super excited to have Lauren Renee with me here today. So welcome, Lauren. Thank you. I'm so excited for our chat today. Woo! So you guys, I am so pumped about this. We're going to be talking about sexuality and empowerment. So she's a sexuality and empowerment coach, feminine leader, and the COO of the Institute of the New Paradigm, in Paradigm Intimacy, an advanced immersion into business and coaching for sex and relating. And her vision is to really bring humanity back to their hearts through remembrance of their sexual innocence and connection to the wholeness of who they are. She says that vulnerability is her superpower. And oh my goodness, there's so much to unpack there. There's so many words that just hit me. Yeah, it's a big one and we've got a lot to unpack today. So I can't wait to dive straight in. Like, okay, so before we get into paradigm and all these fun words that literally just set something off in me, I'm like ready to go into it. But let's talk a little bit about your journey and basically how you came to be working with sexuality. Yeah, sure. So let's see if we can sum it up in just yeah. a few minutes because it's always such a big question. Yeah. Sum up your entire life, go. Like, ah. Yeah, so I always was quite connected to this deeper part of myself. Mm. And when I was kind of going through school and going through work, I'd often be labeled as too sensitive or too mm. emotional. And so those parts of myself, I kind of felt a lot of shame around. And mm. when it would come up in these kind of institutional situations, mm. I would be confronted with needing to hide that away or just not show it at all. And mm. that would like leave me feeling really like I couldn't show up as my full self in the world. Mm -hmm. So I kind of became quite a shy person in those kind of situations and a little bit afraid to speak my voice. Um, so a few years ago, I left Australia, that's where I'm from, and I moved overseas to London. I had been traveling and landed myself in corporate PR, and mm. I was working for startup companies then. And I sort of delved into, okay, what do I really want to be creating from my life? And what is my dream? And so that kind of thought process in itself went, like, led me to go on my healing and spiritual development journey. And what I really tapped into in that journey was embracing my feminine. Mm. And so that was this part of myself that was always really shut down and mm. told it wasn't okay. And so I developed this hard shell where I was going out in the world and driving forward and achieving and putting on this mask. And that mask was translating to my relationships as well. I was pursuing men and having casual sex and trying to feel really empowered from this place. Mm. So on my healing journey, I was finally invited to really soften mm -hmm. into myself and actually own that my ability to share from the heart was my gift 
Mm-hmm. So I started facilitating women's circles. That was the first step into leadership for me. Mm-hmm. And I was just opening all these women up to these really deep parts of themselves and even just sharing and connecting mm-hmm. was so healing for them. And so I know a lot of people back in North America, or mm-hmm. I know for myself as well, had no idea what a women's circle was until mm-hmm. they moved to Bali. Could you just briefly explain what that is? Yeah, absolutely. So like it was such a blessing that came into my life as well, Mm -hmm. because I was living in London, Mm -hmm. which can be quite a disconnected city. Right. And I felt like I was stepping into this journey and I was on my own. So when I got invited to a women's circle, it was just absolutely life changing for me. So what it is, is it's taking us back to really ancient times where women would gather in circle to be able to hold each other emotionally. Mm-hmm. So we don't really have that space nowadays to be able to actually just share and express and feel comfortable in our emotions because like as I mentioned in work and in school mm-hmm. and things like that it's masculine driven it's goal orientated it's getting things done and so we don't have that safe place to really express and women mm-hmm. we're such emotional beings mm-hmm. so if we don't have that space then it all gets stuck inside of us mm-hmm. so women's circles are just a safe space and it all unfolds purely by setting the intention of these are the boundaries. Everything is confidential. This is your place to just show up as who you are Mm -hmm. and you go around in circle and they all have different formats, but really it's just an opportunity to share from the heart, whatever Mm -hmm. is truly going on for you. So not just the happy, I'm doing great. It's like, what's really going on? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're so like, so surface level I find as a society and for a woman especially, we're conditioned to be that way. Like, oh, you're too emotional, you're too that. And especially when you're working in corporate or really any career in general, we have to force that down and force down this whole idea that we can be in touch with our emotions and our femininity because it is perceived in this masculine kind of, you know, toxic masculinity world that any kind of emotions or sensitivity is weakness and should be dismissed. Mm. Yeah. And it, it, it can damage us from really wanting to speak up as well. Like Mm -hmm. I found in these circles, a lot of women, like they, they would start shaking it. It even just the opportunity to share from this place because that part of their voice has been shut down as well. So Mm -hmm. even just being able to speak it in itself is so healing. Yeah. I absolutely love women's circles and the more that we can, and if you're listening to this, like getting a group of friends together Mm -hmm. and just chatting and being so raw and vulnerable and not holding judgment like, and I know it depends on the woman's circle that is being held, but I know the ones I go to, sometimes it's you, when you're talking, no one else can talk and it's not even anyone has, no one gives you any advice. No one even tries to, you know, fix the problem for you because so much of the pain and so much of emotion, everything we're carrying, it's just, we want to be heard. Mm. We just want to felt seen and understood. And so we're not a lot of time when we talk and share how we're feeling, we don't want someone to be like, oh, just do this and try to we call silver lining it. We just want someone to acknowledge and see our pain and then that's how we move through it. So, Mm, Yeah, absolutely. And often when we speak things out loud, like Mm -hmm. we connect with our own truth and in these circles as well, like it's, they're they're actually magical because Mm -hmm. whenever you enter into them, there's guaranteed to be one other woman in the circle who shares your story or they'll say something and it might be something that you've not said and hearing that we're all so connected and we're all going through the same things that we're not speaking about in Mm day-to-day life is just like wow, I'm safe to Mm -hmm. feel this way. I'm safe to be this way. And therefore I can feel it and move through it. Yes. 
Oh, all the yes. Sorry, I didn't mean to mm-hmm. cut you off on your story. I was just like, I want to dive into that one because that's such a good little thing. There's a woman's circle that yeah. um, not a lot of people know about. So yeah. Yeah, I'd love <laughs> to be able to share that. And yeah. yeah, please, like anyone, find one in your area. And if you don't have one, create one. It's it's as easy as that, just creating the safe mm-hmm. space. And you just do a Google search if you want more information on it. Like there's so much information about how to create one, the like how to set one up, all those things. So if you're like, what is that? How do I do it? Put one together, it'll change your life, I guarantee it. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But this all flows on perfectly anyway, because yeah. it all it all weaves together. So this right. was kind of the creating the space to share and speak mm-hmm. was really that first step. And then what I kind of progressed into was somatic work, mm. which is working with healing our trauma and the emotions we're carrying through our body. Mm-hmm. And so that, that kind of came into my life. I attended a retreat in Bali in January called Embody Feminine Leadership. Mm. And this really introduced me to that concept. It was like, we don't need to, like, yes, sharing in a circle is so important. But if we want to really move through this mm. stuff and heal the collective wounds as women that we're all holding, it's about feeling it in our bodies. Right. And I was already kind of incorporating dance and yoga and these mm-hmm. kind of practices in my life. Oh, I'm such a huge dancer. Mm. I'm all about the dancing and like not pretty dancing, like gr- like shaking full body, like, oh, yep, mm. all about it. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. And we can mm. really use this modality to shift what's in our bodies. Because all of our trauma and our memories are all held in our bodies, and right. especially as women, mm-hmm. um, held in the sexual areas of our body as well. Mm-hmm. So at that retreat, I was introduced to my first women's self-pleasure circle. Ooh. So really delving into sexual healing. And at the time, that wasn't really something that I'd touched yet. Yeah. And I was kind of like, I felt like I was this really sexually empowered woman. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I've, I've slept around and yeah. I'm fine and blah, blah, blah. I don't have anything that's really going on for me. Uh, but at the time I was in a relationship where Mm. my partner was shaming me sexually a lot, Mm. like shaming me for my sexual expression. So I realized there was a big piece in that because I was, you know, Mm. using the mirror theory. I've practiced, I've pulled this in. So what is this trying to show me? Mm -hmm. And in that first self-pleasure circle, what I was taken back to was this real place. What does that even look like? I'm like, trying to imagine (laughs) what this looks like. I'm like, is everyone just like touching themselves in a circle? Yeah. is, Is it actually what's happening? Yeah. Oh my god. So, okay. Yeah. I was well, like, it's... my mind has gone to a dirty place, and that is not what it is. But even sir, I'm sure yeah. you saying things like "we're dirty" is not probably the right terminology around this. But yeah, but it's beautiful to hear your reaction in that way because this is yeah. what happens around sexuality in the world, and right. this is kind of the work I'm delivering to change. Right. No, exactly. Show. You need exposure and understanding, and when, no, I love it. And I'm like so much. I just got so excited. I was like, okay, tell me more things. I'm just yeah. like this, like interesting, sneaky, like ooh, tell me more kind mm. of thing. Yeah. Let's yeah. Do it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, it's again, like it's, it's like a women's circle creating this really safe space, um, for women to drop into their bodies. Right. So we're kind of like doing the healing and sharing, but it's through connecting with our sexuality. Mm. And so we can sort of shift into the self-pleasure conversation here because when we, mm. when we hear the word self-pleasure, like people's brains instantly go masturbation. Right. Literally it was me. I was like, you're in your touch. Yeah. Me. Like, are we like, you know, <laughs> like, go to town. Like, okay. and you think of it, you think of that like high powered adrenaline driven kind of sexual response. Right. Right. But as women, when we're really dropping into our sexuality, it's so opposite to what we're conditioned to believe mm. that like our sexuality is like. It's really soft. It's gentle. Mm. It's sensual. And for majority of the time, it doesn't even involve genital touch. Interesting. Okay. Mm. 
Yep, same yeah. word things. <laughs> so for me, like even that first experience, because my idea of self-pleasure was like masturbation. Right. It was like, you know, I used it before as like a stress relief. Right. Like when I was living in London, it was like, oh, I just need to go home and give myself a clitoral yeah. orgasm to release the stress. Literally. So, oh, so yeah. true. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So this practice was like, no, like slow down, like feel the gentle touches on your body, notice mm. the sensations in all these different parts. And even that in itself, I was like, wow, okay. I don't have to stimulate myself and right. go for that. Like, yeah, that friction based pleasure. Mm. I can slow down. And in that process, I was taken back to this childlike state. And I was like crying these tears of happiness at the end because I was like, my sexuality is so innocent. Mm. I had all these memories of being a little girl and like touching myself in these ways. And I was like, wow, yeah, this is all innocent. And I was seeing myself as all oh, this dark, like, you know, my sexuality mm. was this dark kind of side of me. But really, that's so funny. You say dark. I literally, I'm, I'm so mm. open on this. I listened up with someone last night and he's like, you're such a dark horse. And I was just like, yeah, but it was just like a weird, like. It felt empowering to me, but then it felt like this thing where, like, it was surprising that to be in touch with your sexuality in any capacity is, like, the... I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, the terminology around women embracing their femininity and, like, sexuality, it has this, like, dark connotation with it versus being light and gentle and, like, beautiful, you know? Mm. And we are all of it. This is the thing. Yeah. Like in, in society, there's this, it's a Freudian um, term, the Madonna mm. whore complex. Mm. And this plays out for men and women. And it's the idea that sexually as women, we're either the saint, you know, the light right. feminine or we're the slut, the whore. Yeah. You can't win. Yeah. But we get to be all of it. <laughs> this mm. is the thing. We are all of it. We don't have to pick one or the other. Cause when we feel like we're picking one or the other, Mm-hmm. then there's a whole part of ourselves that becomes imbalanced because in, in each and right. every one of us, right. we're all of these energies. We have the dark and light in all of us. Mm-hmm. And so that's really what like delving into this work of sexuality gives us the permission to discover. Yeah. Mm. I love that because it is so true. And it's, you know, even in high school, like you have, you're the virgin, you haven't slept with them. Oh, you're such a prude. You're so stuck up. You think you're so good. You're too good for people. You sleep with someone, you're a slut, you're a whore. What is wrong with you? And mm. it's like, you basically can live, it seemed, you know, growing up, you're either in one of those two categories and yeah, it's difficult. And then especially if you're in that, you know, like sleeping with someone and then you're called all these things, you completely shut down sexually mm. and you see it as this dirty, not okay thing that you feel shouldn't I don't know like if I still ever like every time for me like self-pleasure and things I have such a feeling about it or it's like I shouldn't be doing this I shouldn't be allowed to be doing this like it's dirty Mm. this whole thing and it's so hard to embrace and I'm just stepping into that now like really owning Mm. my curves and my femininity and feeling really empowered sexually but like my entire life I felt like it was a secret thing that shouldn't be celebrated and shouldn't be brought to light at all. Mm. And this is the thing. It's like mm-hmm. we hold so much shame around it and we don't realize like how core our sexuality is to so many parts of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like as women, this is like we're thinking about our womb space. Like this right. is our creative force. This is our life force. Mm-hmm. And so by shutting this down and not connecting with it or seeing it as something dirty or shameful, mm-hmm. we have this like amazing connection. Like our vaginas are connected to our brains right. as women. Right. And so, yeah, like when we can really harness this energy and, and allow ourselves to go through the shame and connect and mm-hmm. expand through it, then we actually increase our confidence. 
For sure. And so many of the women I work with who have disordered eating, eating disorders, body image issues, they're so disconnected from their bodies. Like they're, they walk around like a floating head and you know, they're often so disconnected from their sexuality because that is obviously a huge part of their body. And they've really just this whole thing of shame around their eating habits, their body, not feeling empowered. And then as it translates into not feeling sexually empowered, just like this downward spiral. And then they continue to reach for things like food and you know, not necessarily the best coping mechanisms to try to comfort themselves because they're not really connected. They're just, again, mm-hmm. walking around in this very masculine state as women, disconnected, wondering why they're so unhappy. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And and all of these things, like it's, you know, we can have compassion for ourselves yeah. because it's just completely cut out of the education system. Completely. Mm. And we, And this is why, like... I'm so passionate about sharing this message now because it's like, we need this education. It's amazing. Like the women that I get to work with and I'm even explaining their anatomy down there. And it's just like light bulb, like, wow, this can do that. And I can feel this from this part. And that really happens and all Mm -hmm. of this. And it's just like, Oh, we get to claim this piece back. And, Mm. you know, like admittedly, like this, you know, could be a triggering conversation for people because it has been pushed under so much. Mm -hmm. And so if like you're feeling those feelings, that's totally okay. And this is, this is all a beautiful part of the process for us to be able to feel and move through whatever needs to arise in order for us to come back to this empowered place in ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm, I love that. And so what challenges did you really overcome when it came to your sexuality and kind of how you came into this work? Mm. I think definitely being able to own all of who I was, like how Mm. we sort of touched on that conversation there in my life, I felt, okay, I'm single. So I'm this like overtly sexual woman. Mm -hmm. I'll just, I will go after the guy. I will pursue them. Like I was like, you know, trying to be fully liberated in that, but it was actually shutting down my emotional side because I was having sex just from like this desire driven place, which was still a part of me, Mm -hmm. but I was missing that real emotional connection. You know, I was allowing those guys to just sleep with me and I wouldn't tell them I like them because you know, that would mean it would have to mean something. And yeah, yeah, yeah. These kind of occurrences, which was so, you know, far Mm -hmm. from who I actually am. And I think so many women get caught in that, like, I don't want to call it a trap, but like Mm -hmm. this idea of like, if we want to sleep with someone, then we have to be super cool about it. And we can't like want them. And you know, the next like, Oh, don't text them. Like, don't be needy, like all those things. Mm. And then, but it's like, we're humans mm. and we have, you know, expectation and we want things to, we want to feel loved. Like everyone just wants mm. to feel loved and connected. And so when we get shamed and when men are like, Oh, we can't just ever sleep with women, have it not be a big thing. And mm. it just becomes again, yeah, this place of we're broken. Something's wrong with us. And then we just force ourselves even more into that masculine, which mm. is so difficult. It's like this balance, you know, and it's, it's hard when you're ashamed for stepping into the feminine a lot. Mm. And by doing that as well, we're actually doing a disservice to the men we're connecting right. with too, because they, again, they all want to experience love too, even when mm-hmm. they have that hard shell. And as women, when we're connecting with a man sexually, we actually have like our, the way that we work with their energy mm. is we have the ability to open their hearts. Mm. So it's of service for us to be able to have permission to be vulnerable in those situations and express what we need and be honest and have this kind of feminine empowerment in our interactions rather mm. than playing the game the same way that they are. Right. 
right? Mm. That's the thing, the, the game. Yeah, the, the game. game. <laughs> it's this, not good. <laughs> oh, God, I'm so tired of the games. Like, oh, he waited, he texted me back for an hour, mm. I'm going to text him two hours. Like, you know, people, yeah, I'm just like, oh, I'm so tired of games. Can we just communicate and be open and honest and, and vulnerable? Because mm. that's what we need more of in the world is vulnerability, but it takes so much courage and it takes practice and then takes, you know, having a conversation so people can be exposed to it so they fear it less and, mm. yeah. Yeah. And all this disconnection from each other right. comes back to disconnection to ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's all linked. So if we can't feel that we can be honest and vulnerable with ourselves, then we're struggling more to be honest and vulnerable with someone else. We can only meet someone else as deeply as we've met ourselves. Right. Oh, that's so true. And so how do you say that the taboo around sexuality is really impacting us? Well, exactly what we've just mentioned. We're yeah. disconnected. Right. And like when I, there's so many so many areas that we can go into where sexuality Mm -hmm. is such a big wound and when we start Mm -hmm. to think about this so many things come up you know women non-contraceptive and it's messing up our body and our hormones and the way that pregnancy and um childbirth is handled is not giving women control over their bodies and choice it's totally for the doctors like whatever is easier for them and Mm. yeah yeah and one of the big conversations is around um, pornography as well and how Mm. that's impacted us Mm -hmm. so it's really programmed us to like that's our sex education essentially right yeah. So I never really thought about that before, but that's so true. And then there's so much wrapped up in how women are supposed to look like, like, and then how men are supposed to show up. And like, mm. there's just, yeah, so much expectation and it's just, it's, oh, it's brutal. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So that's been a big, a big piece. And the, yeah, mm. the piece that really breaks my heart the most is the disconnection. Right. Because I was living from that place for so long. Mm-hmm. And then when I was getting into relationships, I was fully opening up, but then I was shutting down this part of myself that, mm-hmm. you know, still like to be wild and, and have sex. Right. And so now it's like, how can we really come back to what our truth is? Mm-hmm. How do we know what we truly desire? Because until we know what our true desires are without what pornography is telling us, without what the rest of the world is telling us, mm-hmm. then we're lacking the connection. And how do we drop into ourselves? How do we connect with ourselves so that we don't feel so disconnected from others and all of that, you know? Mm. So this is where the practice of self-pleasure really comes in. Right. And so self-pleasure with yourself, mm. it looks like just cre- – It's it sounds so simple, yet – you know, majority of people are not, not doing this kind of practice yet. Mm. It's so powerful. So when we're creating a self-pleasure practice for ourselves, what we're doing is creating space for us to be with the body Mm. and be with whatever needs to arise in the body. So, so much of our lives, we're functioning through the mind. Mm -hmm. So a starter's guide to self-pleasure would be set a 30 minute timer on your phone, put on some music that relaxes you and set the intention for the next 30 minutes. I'm just going to allow myself to feel. Mm. And mm-hmm. so it could be, it could start with just breathing, connecting to the breath and starting to feel the sensations in the body. Where is their tension? Where is their contraction? And just observing that in yourself mm-hmm. and then giving yourself permission to move through whatever needs to be felt with breath, sound and movement. Okay. So that's kind of what the practice could look like. And every mm-hmm. single time, like the eye drop in, it looks different and it mm-hmm. surprises me what sensations are in the body mm-hmm. as well. Like I could have had an amazing day. And then when I drop into my self-pleasure, I'm like, oh, there's something that needs to come up here. And I might start crying and I'll just right. cry and hold myself for a little bit. Or I might like just need to jump up and shake and start yelling or screaming into a pillow. It's like 
Mm-hmm. When we drop into self-pleasure, we're not attaching stories to those emotions either. We're not mm. saying, oh, I feel so sad because, oh, maybe this happened today. Right. It's just like... It just it is what it is. It's a sensation that yeah. needs to be felt in my body. And that could be anything. Mm-hmm. And it's just giving yourself permission to feel. Because like we're... Yes, permission to feel. I'm so yeah. all about that. Like, yes, permission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's allowing us to come back to this like primal state as right. well. Because right. we're going through day to day with all of these rules of how we need to act everywhere we go. Like, you know, we might be working from a cafe or um, going to the gym or something like that. Maybe something will like really trigger us. Someone, we might get a message and it's really sad or something Mm. will make us really stressed and angry, but we can't release that when we're in these public places. Yeah. So self-pleasure is kind of that time for all of that stuff to come up. Mm -hmm. And when we're feeling all of that, we're no longer holding all of that tension in our body. Mm -hmm. And so when that releases... And when we allow ourselves to fully feel it, we're expanding our capacity to experience pleasure in our lives. Mm, and that's when we connect. Mm. I love that. I do that the other day. I try to do that each morning. I just take a few minutes to just be like, how am I feeling and connecting? And I touch my body a little bit, like even just like giving myself a hug. And remember the first time I was doing it and I was, I, I was touching my calf and I was like, I don't remember the last time I touched my calf. Like, mm. I don't know. And it's so funny, but we don't often touch our body like just gentle like light at all and it's it's our body and yet we treat it like it's a foreign landscape mm. and I know for myself like I never let I felt I never felt comfortable other people touching me if I had never touched myself either you know and so it became so much more empowering when I really owned my body and knew my body and felt my body to let other people see me for who I was and connect with me because I had connected with me mm. Yeah, beautiful. Mm, yeah. And there's so much that can really come up in that process as well. Like sometimes old memories can come up and it's mm-hmm. really beautiful to actually allow yourself to go there. Because even like we can create so many rituals around our self-pleasure as well. Like if we want to, if we feel like there's parts of our bodies that we've been mm. rejecting. Because if there's parts of our bodies we don't like, then sometimes we don't want to look at it or touch it. Right. I know for many, many years, like I thought there was something wrong with my breasts. And I didn't even mm. realize that for years... Like when I was getting out of the shower, I was purposely even avoiding looking at my breasts in the mirror and just didn't touch them. And so dropping into self-pleasure, I actually like went back to a lot of those times and really connected with my breasts and released a lot of that stuff. And it's so empowering Mm -hmm. to like really love your body and own it in that way as well. Mm-hmm. Mm, I love And the other day I, I posted on Instagram as well. Like I had bent over in this picture and there's like all these rolls on my stomach and I was like, I literally look at the picture and being like, wow, that's unfortunate. But I was like, you know what? I can choose to make that really beautiful and like look at these roles and celebrate these roles. And I'm like, literally, I was like, every time now I'm like dancing, I just like to like grab my stomach rolls and just like squeeze them. And like my new favorite thing is like dancing and it's like my butt jiggles. And I'm just like mm. feeling it and owning it. And it's just this conscious choice to celebrate and like you know, let yourself look at this part of your body and let yourself enjoy it. And mm. you know, it's every single body part, every single, like just who we are is it's like an objective thing. It's the meaning that we assign to it. And so when we can drop into that self pleasure and just, yeah, like not assign any meaning or I can't believe this happened today. And I felt this because of this and just let it be what it is that mm. having to assign meaning to it. Mm. Like that is so powerful. And I think that's really what we need more of instead of the judgment and the shame. Mm. And even like in that moment, if there was a lot of like sadness and judgment that right. came up in the self pleasure practice, it's like, you know what? 
I'm going to allow myself to feel all the sadness yeah, and judgment oh, I've I ever did. felt and just cry <laughs> and say, I love you. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. I see that how, how I created this story around you, but mm-hmm. let's change it and let's be with it. And it's so, like, so yeah. healing. And that's the thing. It's, and I also talk about when it comes to emotions, it's like the whole idea of what you resist persists kind mm. of thing. And when you just allow it, like, I'm allowed to feel sad. I'm allowed to feel this. And then it moves, you know, like, mm. you're allowed to move through it. You're allowed to feel it and move through it versus saying, I don't have time to feel sad. I don't have time to feel angry. Yeah, you just shove it down. I always compare it to like a beach ball. Like if you shove down the beach ball, it's just going to come back up and hit you in the face. Like Mm -hmm. emotions, you just like shove it down, shove it down, shove it down. It's like comes back and hits you up. It's like you're disconnected. Traffic, road rage, like out of nowhere, all these emotions come up versus giving yourself the time and that self like pleasure practice to really drop into your body and feel and like experience Mm. and allow. Yeah, and what you find from self-pleasure as well, if you're doing this practice consistently and you're clearing Mm -hmm. out your channel, like you're clearing out all of those sensations, Mm -hmm. when you're stuck in traffic on the road and normally like that would trigger you really quickly, if you're dropping into that practice regularly, you're actually able to like Mm -hmm. go, you're reprogramming your body to be able to actually just breathe through that and go, Mm -hmm. ah, make the sound or the movement or something and you just come back into like your your clear state. It's been like, I was someone who struggled (sighs) with anxiety for many, many years. Mm -hmm. So this kind of practice is just completely like, it's life changing. my nervous system, yeah. I know for me, like on the scooter, I start to get really tense when I'm driving around here on the scooter and like, I literally am just like, okay, just breathe. And like all of a sudden I breathe from my lower belly. And it's because I'm so connected now, whereas before, mm-hmm. I would just get really mad and be angry that people aren't driving faster and traffic and all these things. And yeah, the more you're able to just tap in and just allow and experience, your anxiety levels just drop because you're mm-hmm. not trying to keep this wall up 24-7 until it's like the straw that broke the camel's back and it's like, wrote like, you know, someone in traffic is going slowly, someone's walking slowly, the waiter's taking too long for your food, like whatever it is, you can just lower all of that and just live in such a space of allowance and like ease and pleasure. Mm, Yeah. And that's totally like connecting to the body over the mind because like you said, you felt it. Right. You're like, oh, I feel this right now, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to be with it. Right. And that's the thing. It's getting out of the stories. Oh, what are they doing? They're not moving this, this and that. The stories are what mm-hmm. creates the emotion. Yeah. And so when we're keeping on making the stories, the emotion just keeps repeating. Mm-hmm. But if we actually go to the sensation in the body, we can shift emotions. They only last for 60 to 90 seconds when we're not repeating those stories. Mm-hmm. So there's so much power in it. So much power. And for someone who is so disconnected from their emotions, from permission, from allowing... Um, I know we talked about having like a self-pleasure practice. Is there any other recommendations for someone to just kind of drop into their body a little bit more and just kind of take that first step? Mm. Well, just creating that pattern break in itself. Like when you're feeling that emotion come up, just straight away, where is the sensation in my body? Mm. Asking that question and just closing your eyes and breathing with it and feeling it and giving it a bit of an identity. What does it feel like? What does it Mm. look like? What sound does it want to make? So thinking in that breath, sound and movement. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the practice of starting to feel instead of getting into the head. Because when we really do think that, okay, what what does this emotion feel like? What does Mm -hmm. it look like? Where can I feel the tension? And just start to bring conscious awareness to that area. Mm -hmm. That's when we can start to break that pattern. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, there's all these kinds of little things that we can do and it's just practice it's having so much self-compassion is so important yes because it's such like you know self-compassion has just been like my my word of 2019 yeah (laughs) Yeah. absolutely we're so hard on ourselves we're so hard on ourselves as women and 
the disconnect just continues to grow the mm. further we yeah we just berate ourselves and hate ourselves and when we start to have self-connect self-compassion it's just like this streamline of like it's okay you're mm. allowed to this way you're allowed to be a human mm. and just again yeah because you got permission yeah and like when we think we want to change a pattern we're you know when we're going into personal development and things like that we're like we want it to just happen overnight yep <laughs> but we forget to think like how many years of my life have oh. i been operating this mm-hmm. way it like one of my mentors said it's like you know, you've got this fast train that's going this direction. All of a sudden you're wanting to stop it and push it in the other direction. Like you've got to just slowly turn it around. It's like, right. yeah, have that pattern break, connect with the body and you're going to slowly push it and guide it in the right direction gently. You can't just force that fast moving train straight away in the other direction. So if you slip up and you get in the head and get stressed and all of that, it's like, okay, I see that. I feel that I'm going to journal on what's triggered that. And mm. I'm just going to keep incorporating these practices and eventually over time it becomes the new pattern right oh that's so true the woman i work with struggle with this so much like i decided i want to eat intuitively and i can't believe this Mm. happened i didn't listen to my body i'm like how long you've been dieting for how long you've been Mm. not listening to your body and ignoring all these things that are like oh 20 years like cool so probably not going to take 48 hours for you to change it self-compassion self-compassion i love that analogy of turning the train around because yeah we can't just expect to come to a full stop and our brain has created these habits it's created these patterns and yeah, it takes time. It takes mm-hmm. time and self-compassion because the more we live into the space of love and allowing, the easier that changes to facilitate versus like kicking and screaming and forcing getting angry with ourselves. And like that train's never going to stop at that point. <laughs> mm. But on that as well, like what's really coming through now is like what I've really noticed personally in dropping mm-hmm. into somatic work yeah. um, is how quickly things can shift in yes. comparison to when we're just going around the talking Mm -hmm. and I believe like talk therapy is still important yes but when we drop into the body it's amazing how quickly things can shift it's incredible Mm. like I and I people always like joke with me because I'm always dancing but like I am always dancing and literally this morning I cried and then danced to like a head like and it was like green day or something like one of those like heavier metal bands or, or like what do you even call that Metal band, punk band, punk rock. Um, And I was like literally just like standing, shaking, like shaking off this feeling I was having. And then I was like, okay, cool. I feel good now. Like, but instead of just trying to shove it down and just keep going on my day, feeling super irritated and annoyed, just moving your body. And I've been Mm -hmm. doing different things like breath work and then, um, yeah, dancing and just all these different modalities to just drop into your body has been absolutely life-changing because yeah, it can't just be the talk therapy because we store so much in our body and there's only so much that can be said. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And this is where I feel like this is my prediction of where our therapy is shifting because it's mm-hmm. not working the way it is. You know, we've got... Right. There's a reason that people are going back every single week for like years. I'm like, hey, if you're going back every single like week for years, it probably means it's not working. Mm-hmm. And getting medicated and numbing yeah. it out. Like I have, mm-hmm. a, I have clients that have come off antidepressants recently and what mm-hmm. we're doing through the somatic work and one-to-one self-pleasure coaching is like, all of these years of that being shut down and pushed mm. down in their body, we're now like actually allowing it to be felt. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, it's we really just need to give ourselves the space to feel. Yeah, absolutely. And medication's a difficult one, I think. Mm. Um, it's a difficult conversation. I think sometimes, and I almost kind of consider sometimes when it comes to medication, sometimes people need it just to get out of the hole, yeah. to get them onto this path of doing different work. And some people do just need a little bit of a boost as they're doing this work. But I think it definitely 
if people need medication, it should be combined with other things, and then mm-hmm. maybe you can make the shift off of it. Yeah. But I absolutely. think there is like definitely no shame in taking medication, yeah. and especially you know people are like, oh, I don't want to be on it because I don't want to lose my spark. I'm like. Well, if you're lying in bed every single day and you can't go out at all, then like you don't have a spark to begin with. So like maybe we get you a little bit out of the hole. And again, obviously I'm not mm-hmm. a doctor or anything like this, but um, as someone who's dealt a lot with severe depression, anxiety, sometimes you do just need that little help over top, you know, out of the hole mm-hmm. to get your foothold in and then you can really start that work. And so, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then, mm-hmm. and again, that comes back to the connection to exactly. self. Like, what is it that I truly need? Does making this decision and bringing this into my life to get me out of this space feel Mm -hmm, good mm -hmm. and we can start to really make those empowered decisions from our body as well rather than letting someone else outside of us make those decisions we Mm -hmm. we always know what's best for us and yeah that's the that's the power of self-pleasure too like we Mm -hmm. find the answers inside of us yeah and truly connecting Mm. um because i think as well when it comes to something like mental health Sometimes it's so hard to connect and we think it's a good rational decision too and it's not quite. So um, just because I want to make sure, because I know people who talk like, I want to make sure this is an open discussion about mental health and like um, taking potentially antidepressants Mm -hmm. or anti-anxiety or whatever it looks like for you, um, that there is no shame in that and it's okay to take that. And it's just, yeah, that's just all I want. That's all I want to say on that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. And thank you for raising that point because we don't want to, create any shame about anyone's journey it's all perfect and I know for myself especially when I was in eating disorder recovery like people think it's like an illness of the body but it's really an illness of the mind and so a lot of the time I had to bring in other people to help facilitate some decisions for me sorry that was the point I was circling back Mm. to before about the antidepressants and stuff because I wasn't connected with who I was I was Mm. connected with this very distorted part of my brain um and so Maybe it is difficult for you to make the decision to go on to antidepressants and it like until you're able to get into a different headspace where you're thinking more rationally mm. um, and then you can start to really connect through different work, through different, you know, moving your body, somatic, all those things. And then you can make a more level headed to kind of decision about where you want to go from there. Because um, I think, yeah, sometimes you can't even connect because we're not in the right mind to connect. We need yeah. some help just to get to that point. And then from there, we're like. We can do the work, you know? Yeah, absolutely agree. And this is kind of the flow of the kind yes. of people I work with as mm-hmm. well. It's like if you're just you're just going through that severe mental health right. struggle, then dropping into this work is gonna bring up a lot. Right. So ideally it's like someone who's who's at the position where you're at. It's like you've been through this journey with yourself and mm-hmm. come out of this darker space and now it's time to like go back yes. and be with these wounds and give them the compassion and allow it to release. It's like, yeah, it's the perfect transition. Yes. So thank you. I love that. That's such a good way to sum that up. I mm. think that's beautiful. And I know in the intro, we talked a little bit about the paradigm, which I butchered the word saying paradigm because it was like <laughs> <laughs> the new paradigm shift. So can you tell us what that is? Because it intrigues me and I have no idea what it means. Yes, I absolutely <laughs> love it because I've kind of like lived through the big shift of what the new paradigm is. Yes. So old paradigm, and this is kind of really related to our relationships. And when we're thinking mm. relationships, this is like intimacy, it's mm. friendships, it's work relationships, like any kind of relationship we have in our lives. So the old paradigm looks like if we're imagining an upside down triangle right. is at the top in the old paradigm, we're putting the relationship first. So it's like, I, I need to find a relationship in order to feel safe. And mm. the relation, once I find a relationship, I've got to hold on to it. Or I get this job and I've got to put the needs of this relationship and this job first. Mm-hmm. And then the second quadrant of the triangle is the, the other person. 
So it's like, I need to do everything to please this other person. Mm. I, this other person's my everything. And then down the bottom is our own needs. Mm. So we're constantly like keeping ourselves in these relationships that aren't serving us but because we're putting the relationship, the importance of that before everything else. Right. And so that's why, you know, we're seeing people that are staying in relationships they're not happy in, like in, mm-hmm. in all kinds of ways. Right. So in the new paradigm, we're flipping that completely upside down. And what we're doing is we're putting ourselves and our growth and our expansion first. Mm -hmm. And then the second person, the relationship, their needs, what's going to most serve them. Mm -hmm. And then down the bottom is the the biggest piece is the relationships, the foundation that holds all of that up. Right. And so when we're viewing the world in that way, Mm -hmm. it just shifts our perspective and it allows like the way that we give Mm -hmm. and the way that we show up and the way that we love to be so much more free mm-hmm. because we're always filling ourselves up first. And, you know, we've had the rise of self-love globally and this is kind of encompassing that mm-hmm. in the way that we relate in our lives too. It's right. like we know that when we put ourselves first, it's more of service to everyone else. Mm-hmm. And so it just, that whole mindset shift in itself changes everything. Mm-hmm. So how that kind of played out for me is like my last relationship was very codependent. It was like, we found this amazing love. And so now we've got to do everything to keep this love together. Right. And we were sacrificing our own needs and, mm. and putting up at each other before ourselves. And so we were resenting each other and it was just getting mm. like, we weren't able to let it go because this relationship was so important to hold on to. Mm-hmm. And now I've done, been on this journey and shifted that all around. It's like these relationships now are so free and it's like I I love this person I can deeply love you but I can see how you need to go off and do this today and and Mm -hmm. I love that you're going off to do this and yeah that feels good because I need to actually be with myself today and it Mm -hmm. just it's a total mindset shift and it changes everything it's like it has to be two whole people coming together and and Mm. like whenever I think about self-love it's people are trying to yeah they're trying to fit other people into the voids that they are themselves and Versus, sorry, versus self-love where it's like you fill yourself up mm-hmm. and then what is like overflowing you can actually like give to other people. But when you are just trying to bring in and be codependent, you end up just with these broken, frustrated, resentful, mm-hmm. like you said, because you're not having your needs met. They're not having their needs met. You're codependent. You're frustrated. You're annoyed. And then you're stuck in this relationship because you put it above everything else. And it's mm-hmm. like everyone's losing. No one's getting any energy from it, yet for some reason we end up stuck in it. Like, mm. why do you think we end up so stuck? Like, why, how do you, why do you think this kind of mentality has come around and what do you think really kicked off the paradigm shift? Oh, it's a big question because I'm still kind of delving into that myself right. to really know the answers to that. But it just, like, it's carried on, you know, through our grandparents' generation. Right. You find someone, you get married. And I think it was like this, actually what it really comes from is like humanity we were in this place of survival before mm-hmm. like we needed to this safety to survive and so i think that's how the old paradigm is really played out it's right. like we we needed those relationships to keep us safe mm-hmm. but now you know we have so much opportunity we've got this like wealth of choice in the world and so now we can actually realize that we're not surviving in the world mm-hmm. we're the creators and we we can choose how to thrive we're realizing our potential and you know science mm-hmm. is all catching up to this as well the power of our minds and our thoughts and everything right. yeah. so no longer do we feel like this species that is a victim and we're trying to you know live mm-hmm. that way with the way that all of that shifting that's how the new paradigm's coming in now we're now the way that we relate is catching up to that as well mm-hmm. and so that's why this connection to like self-pleasure and sexuality mm-hmm. and everything comes in because in order to be able to function that new paradigm when we've got all this old conditioning as well 
it's like it's being able to do that self-healing process mm-hmm. to be able to like shed all of the stuff from the old paradigm and come into this place of empowerment and self-love. Yes. And I'm assuming how we kick that all off is with our self-pleasure practice, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. <laughs> everything comes back to self-pleasure. Everything, the answer to everything is to do that. I yeah. love it. Yeah. And making decisions, self-pleasure, yeah. feeling stressed, self-pleasure, feeling upset, mm. self-pleasure, breakup, self-pleasure. Yeah. That's my mm. advice for everyone. It's so good because it, like, it fits in so well with the work that I do because obviously as an intuitive eating coach, like intuition, it is like the core of it. It's connecting to yourself. And if mm. we can do that through self-pleasure and that's how we really dig into it and like that's beautiful and I want people to really dive into that more and allow themselves that time to set the set the timer listen to the music drop into your body feel your body let everything come up and don't judge it and just mm. experience it and be a human allow yourself to be soft and feminine and loving and feel your body and feel proud of your body and just own it because we're all fucking awesome mm. like, we're so incredible and Yet we spend so much of our lives shaming ourselves and comparing ourselves and we're so beautiful in our own unique right inside and out. And the more that we stop, you know, trying to compare and change and just allow, like that's when the true beauty is. Yeah. Beautiful. And we can like embodiment is just so powerful for us to shift into whoever we want to be. Yes. Like when we're coming into this place of being the creators and being empowered, it's like once Mm -hmm. we work through and this is kind of the process that we work through with self-pleasure is clearing the past connecting to the Mm -hmm. present to then be able to create the future so once we allow ourselves to really go to those places Mm -hmm. and come back into the present it's like who do I want to be how do I want to show up like do I need to incorporate more masculine energy right now and you can Mm -hmm. bring that into your self-pleasure practice and feel that and then go out in the world with that energy We get to be everything that we need. And that's releasing the codependency as well. Yeah, We get to realize that we are all of what we desire. Mm, that's beautiful. Mm. So the question I ask my, all my guests, basically, because the topic of my podcast is weighing in on happy. So if you had to weigh in on one thing that you think makes you happy, what would that be? Permission to be all of myself, mm. 100%. To yes. know... So, a part of my journey as well, like, and the piece that sexuality really brought in for me was like, when I was going on this spiritual journey, I thought I had to be like, you know, perfect, that I had to ditch all these like unconscious behaviors mm-hmm. I had in the past. And yep. so I was like becoming this really like conscious being, mm-hmm. but there was all this other part of myself that I was shutting down. And so for mm-hmm. me, happiness is knowing that there's no part of me that isn't okay. There's no part of me that's mm-hmm. wrong that I have permission to be whatever I feel is alive in me in each moment. Like whatever feels good for me, I can be. There's no judging that in myself. And so for me, that's true freedom in in my being. And that's what brings me real happiness is to know Mm. that if I want to be, if I want to cry, if I want to be angry, if I want to do this, if I want to do that, it's all perfect. It's all amazing. And I can embody all different parts of myself. I absolutely love that. That is beautiful. Mm. Amazing. So people want to find you. Where can they do that? Yes. So the best place to find me is probably Instagram. I would say Lauren Renee intimacy. You can follow me there and I have all my links. You can check out the Institute of new paradigm intimacy through me. Um, we've got some epic programs running through there. If women are feeling called to deliver this work themselves and, um, be sex coaches as well, Mm. we have a course for that. So that is enrolling for February, 2020 at the moment. So Mm. Follow the journey, read my posts, and uh, yeah, delve into this space that really gets pushed into the unknown. Mm, so good. You guys, I'll drop that all below for you in the show notes. And I just want to say thank you so much for coming on today. I think this topic is 
I mean, we could kind of go in any direction for like hours about this because it's we don't talk about it enough. And so something that I really want to dig into more and I really appreciate you having on today. So yeah. thank you. Thank you. I feel so filled up and alive. It's been beautiful. Hey, you guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode with Lauren. I know I learned a lot and I love to ask a lot of questions about this topic because it honestly to me is still something I struggle with, still something I'm working on. So it's really cool for me that we get to learn on this journey together. So if you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review and definitely take a screenshot if you've listened to it and post it on Instagram and tag me and I will share you. I love to know that you're listening and I want to hear from you. So that is at Victoria Evans official and you guys, oh my goodness. So you know that the Craving Food Freedom Academy is launching January, 2020, but before that even happens, I'm launching a mini training and this is super cool. You guys, it has videos interactive. And so that is out for you right now. So head below to the show notes and get in on that because I promise you, you're going to learn so much. I put a lot of effort into it. So please sign up for that now. Additionally, I have my Facebook group, so Intuitive Eating Support Group for Badass Women. So if you want more support, if you want to learn how to eat intuitively, I do a lot of trainings in there as well, then definitely check that out. Link below for that. And that is what I have for you this week. So thank you so much, you guys. And until next week, I hope you have a fabulous day. Bye-bye.